yet, and we welcome you this morning. Uh, glad that you are here, and hope God's going to bless you in a very special way. We welcome our guests especially. You're very important to us, and we're glad that you're here, and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our, um, our family as we worship God together. Uh, a few announcements I'd like to remind us, everyone, about. Uh, first of all, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets that are on the, the end of each row. I'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out and uh, give us a record of your attendance with us this morning. And especially if you'd like to receive our email newsletter uh, that comes out each Thursday, please put your email uh, address on there and we'll be sure to get you on that list. It's a good way to keep up with what's going on here at Community Baptist Church. Uh, some things that are coming up this week, um, we are having our ecumenical Thanksgiving service on Tuesday uh, at 7 o'clock, and that will be at the Presbyterian Church downtown, and so we encourage everyone to come and be a part of that. It's always good when the uh, the different faith communities here in Henderson are able to get together and worship together, and uh, and so we invite you and encourage you to be a part of that um, wonderful Thanksgiving uh, communi- community service. Here at home at uh, Community Baptist, we will be having our deacon elections coming up on December the 2nd, uh, so that's not too far away. And so let me remind everyone, if you do not want to be considered uh, as a deacon, if you don't want to be to have your name on the ballot, please let us know uh, in the office. Just give us a call and we'll be sure to take your name off of that ballot. Uh, we will not be having any services on Wednesday. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. We know that a lot of people are going to be out of town and, and traveling, and, and so we're not going to be having have any activities on uh, Wednesday at all. However, uh, look over there. Look at that table over there. Look at those tables. They are loaded down. You know, last year we kind of got, I mean, last week we kind of got off to a slow start. And what all that is, if you don't know, we are, we are holding a challenge, a challenge for uh, Christian outreach. And last week we had, what did we have last week? We had breakfast foods last week. And we started out with only 103 items last week. This week, we have 371 items. Really? Is that all? <laughs> that looks like a whole lot more than that. I thought we were getting pushed, pushed up close to 1,000 there. So we have a total of 474 items so far. So wonderful. Thank you, everybody. For your generosity for that. But we got some work to do. Uh, next week we are challenged. What is, our, what is our challenge for next week here? I should have looked. Peanut butter and canned meats. Our challenge next week is to bring peanut butter and canned meats. And we want to fill those tables up with peanut butter and canned meats for next week. And we're pushing for four weeks. We want to get 2,000 items for Christian Outreach for their food pantry there. So that's a challenge. That's a big challenge. We're only at 474 right now. We've got two more weeks left. So we've got a little work to do. But I know you can do it. Next week, next week, peanut butter, canned meats. Are you thankful today? I'm thankful too. I'm thankful for each of, each of you. And I hope you're thankful for each of you as well. Let's express that thanksgiving by standing and greeting each other in the name of the Lord.
Thank you. As you're returning to your seats, uh, let me invite our children to come up front. We have our children's moment, and Miss Rachel is right over here. So children, come on up. Come on up. Come up here? No? Okay. Ah, ah. Sorry to mean to whop you in the head. It's in a bag for a reason. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Much better. So, what holiday are we celebrating? What? Thanksgiving, y'all kind of had a cheating on that because we talked about it in Sunday school this morning, right? <laughs> yes. So although we should always be thankful to God, this is a special time of remembering the many wonderful blessings that we have. This morning, I want to share a rhyme that I have learned. But first, I want to see if you know what this is. What is this? A donut. A donut. You are good. You are pretty smart. Well, I brought this because my rhyme is about a donut. It goes like this. Uh, no, it's actually real. <laughs> but good job, Joe, because the, the, the um, thing that I was talking about or that I read, it said to bring a fake donut, but I thought I might as well just bring a real donut. But it goes like this. As you go through life, make this your goal. Look at the donut and not the hole. So let's say it together. As you go through life... Okay, sorry. Repeat after me. As you go through life... As you go through life... Make this your goal. Make this your goal. Look at the donut... Look at the donut... Not the hole. Not the hole. So the meaning of this is that if, you, if I was to give you a donut, I bet you'd be excited about the donut, right? You wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, you just gave me uh, a donut and it has a hole. There's something missing. You wouldn't be, you wouldn't think about it something missing, would you? You'd be worrying about, you'd be excited about what? The donut. You would be pretty happy and not sad about that. So if you focused all your attention on the middle and complained about the hole that was missing, that the hole in the middle of the missing donut, that you would be drawing your attention to what isn't there than what is there. Sadly, some people do go through life at what they are missing and not realizing what things they have. 
So our little rhyme, look at the donut and not the hole, can remind us to see what good things in life we do have. So, what are we going to focus on? The donut. Not the what we are, what we have, and what we, and not focus on what we do. Well, okay. <laughs> we focus on what we have and what we do. <laughs> Sorry. We focus on what we have, but we don't focus on what we do. don't have. Thank you, audience. Thank you, thank you. So we focus on the donut and not the hole in the donut, right? Okay. So let's say a quick little prayer. Close your eyes. Dear God, <clears throat> we have been blessed by you in so many ways. Help us to focus our thoughts on what we don't have and, focus, and not focus on what we don't have. Thank you for what you have given us. Amen. Amen. All right. So guess what? Mm. I'll get to eat some donuts and children. I want a donut. Oh, she says I can't have them. Chocolate, too. Oh, man. My favorite. Praise God this morning with a song. Actually, two songs. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Sing with us. Come, just as you are to
Thank you. Yeah, you can praise it anyway. This next song is a song you probably not have heard. It's a new one. It's called uh, Let Your Mercy Reign. It's a Chris Tomlin song. God, you have done great things. God, you give grace to the weak. And bless the broken hearted with song and praise to sing. You reached down and lifted us up. Got some good music to dance by. 
It's great to great to praise the God, uh, the God of all of us, the God of glory in, in this time. Let's uh, join together in our responsive reading titled appropriately enough, Thanksgiving. Generous and gracious God, we give thanks for your gifts, great and small. For the beauty of the earth, for the glory of the skies, the unspeakable beauty of the stars, smooth stones and seashells, and the moment of slowing down before a peach and violet sunset. For those who have joined our congregation, the memory of those who are gone, and relationships that deepen through the years. For the good kind of tired after a job well done, the rhythmic cadences of Sundays that call us together and those things yet possible. For hymn writers and poets who capture what we're feeling inside, fragile openness after utter guardedness, and language that is beyond words and in words. For raising us to life in this time and place, safe returns from important journeys and enough restlessness in our hearts to move faithfully with you. Amen. Before we do this next song, we've got a birthday boy with us today. And... Uh, Keith Buckman, our lead singer, he just turned 29. I wish. <laughs> so we want to sing happy birthday to him. Would y'all join with us? G. 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 Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear handsome. Happy birthday to you. Yeah, he'll get back at me on that one. I'm a half a century old today. He's an antique. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. 
Chapter 6, verses 25 through 33. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, And yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? You cannot. And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, Even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? You have a little faith. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and the righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. This is the word of the Lord.
Will you pray with me? Oh God, you call us to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We seek to focus on you as our highest priority. Help us to make lifestyle decisions based on your commandments. We are your kingdom seekers. Offer you this money as a means of placing you first in our lives. May these gifts provide ministries of love and compassion to our neighbors. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
It's all about you. It's all about you. God's people said, Amen. Thank you, guys. And it is all about, about Jesus. In one of the songs you sang a minute ago, you said, All I have is more than enough. All I have is you, uh, and it's more in you is more than enough. And that's really what we're talking about today. That everything we have in Christ is more than enough that we have. So welcome to this Sunday before Thanksgiving. I want to begin with a little giggle this morning. So uh, let's look at the cartoon that we have up here on the screen. I, I don't know about this new guy. It seems to me like he's hiding from something. You think? Yeah. I, 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 and you see he's saying gobble, gobble, or er, er, tweet, tweet. It's not such a good time to be a turkey, is it? Not such a good time to be a turkey. But, you know, we are grateful to God for all of God's gifts to us. And our scripture for today draws our attention to a gift that we sometimes take for granted. And yet it's one of the, the greatest gifts that God has ever given to us. There was a story in Reader's Digest years ago about a young man who, who took his girl home at the end of their, their first date. And emboldened by the night, he decided to try for that all-important first kiss. And so with an air of confidence, he, he leaned up a, his hand up against the wall and, and smiling, he said to her, Darling, how about a good night kiss? And she replied, Are you crazy? My parents will see us. And he said, Oh, come on. Who's going to see us at this hour? And she implored, No, please. You... Can you imagine if we got caught? And, and he said, oh, come on, there's nobody around. They're all asleep. And she said, no way. It's just too risky. Oh, please, he said, I like you so much. And, and she said, no, 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 I like you too, but, but I just can't. Oh, yes, you can, please. No, no, I, I just can't. And then out of the blue, the porch light comes on, and the girl's sister shows up in her pajamas, her hair is all of mess, and a sleepy voice, in a sleepy voice, her sister says, Dad says to go ahead and give him a kiss. Or if I can, or I can do it, or if need be, he'll come down and he'll do it himself, but for crying out loud, tell him to take his hand off of the intercom button. You ever had something like that happen? You know, sometimes life just doesn't work out exactly the way you planned. You know? And so what do we do when that happens? What do we do when life doesn't work out the way we thought it ought to work out? Well, depending on the situation, we may get embarrassed. We get down on ourselves. We worry. We sulk. We make the people around us miserable. And what good does it do? And so on this Sunday before Thanksgiving, we turn to the Gospel of Matthew, 
And we read some of the most important words that were ever written from the Sermon on the Mount. Mount. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and your body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. And yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor is dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? So do not worry, saying, what shall I eat or what shall I drink or what shall I wear? For the pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. But seek God's kingdom and God's righteousness first. And all of these other things will be given to you as well. In Viktor Frankl's book titled Man's Search for Meaning, there's a passage that I think that's very appropriate for today's theme. Viktor Frankl was a, a psychotherapist who was placed in a Nazi war camp and survived to write a book about his experience. And he told about about one afternoon in, in one of the camps when, when the men had tramped back for several miles from their work site and they were lying there exhausted and, and sick and hungry in their barracks. It was the dead of winter and they had, they had been marching through a cold, dispiriting rain. And then suddenly one of the men burst into the barracks and shouted for the others to come outside. And so reluctantly, but sensing the urgency in the man's voice, they stirred themselves and staggered out into the courtroom or the courthouse or the the courtyard. The rain had had stopped. A bit of sunlight was breaking through the clouds and, and it was reflecting on the little pools of water standing on the concrete. And Frankel said, we stood there marveling at the goodness of creation. We were tired and cold and sick. We were starving to death. We had lost our loved ones and never expected to see them again. Yet there we stood, feeling a sense of reverence as old and as formidable as the world itself. Now, folks, I want you to think about that for just a moment. Doesn't that passage put our lives into perspective? We who have so much, here they were with nothing. They were exhausted and sick and hungry and in a Nazi concentration camp. And yet they experienced a sense of reverence at the goodness of creation. I read somewhere that songbirds sing more than 2,000 times a day. Don't they know that this is a cruel world that they live in? 
A world where birds get shot by hunters and sucked into jet engines up in the sky. Well, someone has said that a bird doesn't sing because it has, its, has the answers, but it sings because it has a song. And think about the pilgrims. You know, we're always thinking about the pilgrims at this time of the year. But you know what? The pilgrims didn't really have a whole lot to be thankful for, did they? Let's think about it just for a minute. They had been hounded out of one country and tried to settle in another country, and that didn't work out very well. And so they they fled the persecution that they faced in Europe and sailed across the ocean in that, that bucket of a ship called the Mayflower. And then when they got here, they were met with a land that needed to be tamed. It was a hostile environment. There were new diseases and terrible weather and starvation and challenges that they had never even dreamed of. And how did they handle it? They gave thanks. Will Rogers was right years ago when he said in the days of our founders, they were willing to give thanks for mighty little For mighty little was all they expected. But now, neither government nor nature can give enough but what we think it's too little. Those old boys in the fall of the year, if they could gather in a few pumpkins, potatoes, and some corn for the winter, they were in a thanking mood. But if we can't gather in a new Buick, a new radio, a tuxedo, and some government relief, why, we feel like the world is against us. And as usual, Will was right on target. It's like something that Irma Bombeck once wrote when she was going through her struggle with cancer. She said an estimated 1.5 million people are living today after bouts with breast cancer. And every time I forget to feel grateful to be one of them, I hear the voice of a little eight-year-old girl named Christina. Christina had cancer of the nervous system, and when asked what she wanted for her birthday, she thought long and hard about it and said, I really don't know. I have two sticker books and a Cabbage Patch doll. I have everything I need. Bombeck says the kid's right. Think about that. A little girl has has a, a terrible cancer, but because she has two sticker books and a Cabbage Patch doll, she has everything she needs. Folks, if we're not careful, Thanksgiving can be the most superficial holiday of the year. I mean, let's think about it. We, we start thanking God for what? Our affluent lifestyles. For that new flat screen TV, for that SUV out in the garage, for the the cruise that we took last summer, and for the multitude of toys that we'll be buying our kids at Christmas. We give thanks for all of that kind of stuff, and and yet we, we have no awareness that there are people in the Sudan who have nothing. Literally nothing. And yet they too are giving thanks. They're giving thanks for that little morsel of bread that comes their their way. And they give thanks for that bowl of gruel that sustains them for one more day. Indeed, some of them are more thankful than, than some of us. For you see, they're giving thanks for the gift of knowing Jesus. 
And we thank God for our good health and we forget about people who, even as we worship today, are in hospital beds struggling with their very lives. And yet, even there, some of, some of them have a word of thanksgiving on their lips. Dr. Craig Barnes tells about one Thanksgiving morning when his telephone rang while his family were, uh, were preparing for their feast. It was a nurse at the hospital saying that a member of his congregation was dying. Barnes was worried about the interruption this might cause to his family's plans, but he, he arrived at the hospital to find Jean, a 78-year-old member of his congregation, surrounded by her family. She had had another heart attack and was not expected to make it through the day. Jean was about to die. And after Barnes prayed with the family and read some scripture, Somebody mentioned that it was a sad day for, for Jean to, to die on Thanksgiving. And, but then Jean kind of roused and she replied, no, it's a glorious Thanksgiving. She said, it's a glorious Thanksgiving because I will soon be with my Lord. And then she turned and she prayed individually for each person in that room. And she died. While driving home that day, Barnes realized that Jean was a saint. She had taught Sunday school for 35 years until her eyesight had failed. And then she settled into a ministry of, of prayer for, for other people. She had no worry about her faith because of her service in God to God. And she was, she was truly grateful for everything that God had done for her. And Barnes arrived home that afternoon just in time to carve the turkey. But Gene was on his mind. And all he could say as he carved that bird was that this truly is a glorious Thanksgiving. Do you hear what I'm saying here? Sometimes I think we ought to just cancel Thanksgiving until we can really understand what true thanksgiving is all about. Because, folks, it's, it's not about flat screen TVs or SUVs or nice houses or even good health, as precious as all of those things are. It's not about that. Thanksgiving is about seeing life as a gift. It's, it's not about constantly striving after more. It's about resting our lives in the arms of our Creator and acknowledging, regardless of what our circumstances may be, that God is our life. God is our hope. God is the source of every good thing. There's a wonderful illustration of this kind of awareness found in, in uh, Dr. Spencer Johnson's little book titled The Presence. Have you ever, has anybody ever read that? Some of you have. It's a great little book. The Presence, it's about a little boy and an old man, an old man who appeared to be so happy and content that one day this, this little boy walked up onto the old man's porch and asked, Mr., why are you always so happy? And so the old man said, son, it's because I have the present. And the boy said, well, I love presents. 
And he wondered if the old man might help him get this present, too. And but to his surprise, the old man said to the boy that he already had it. And once he recognized what it was, he, too, would be very happy every day. Well, from that day on, the, this old man became a, a special part in that little boy's life. And, and even as he grew and he became a teenager, the boy never forgot about that present. In fact, the old man kept reminding him that once he found that present, everything else in life would fall into perspective. And so the boy wondered if it's magic. And the man said, no, it's not magic, but it's magical. And once you have this present, you are content to be right where you are in that very moment. Well, as the boy matured and received a college degree in his first job, he still wondered about that present until one day it suddenly dawned on him what it was. And excitedly, he said to the old man, it's not a hold in your hand gift, is it? It's the present. The moment of time that is today. Now, the now, not the past, not the future, but the present. And so with a smile on his face and a sparkle in his eye, the old man confirmed that, yeah, you're right. It's what it is. It is enjoying the gift of time right here and right now. Over the next few years, the young man married and had children of his own, and he was happy, but life presented him with some challenges. And each time he was tempted to let go of the present and worry about the past or the future or whatever, the old man gave him some advice and put him back on track. Eventually, the old man died, and everybody, rich and poor alike, attended his funeral. And not long after that, the the same boy who had now been where he was completely grown now and he was sitting contentedly in his porch swing. A little girl walked up to him and said, Mister, why do you always look so happy? And the boy said, Oh, young lady, it's because I have the present. She told him I love presents and wondered if he might help her get this present too. And so the story continues. My friends, in today's lesson from the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is giving us the present, the here and now, to rest in His presence. He is giving us the present, here and now. Don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink or what or about your body, what you'll wear. God takes care of the birds and the flowers. Don't you think God will take care of you? Don't worry. Be content with your present. Be content with where you are. And live your life in the joy of God's kingdom. Be thankful in your heart for the present that God and God alone can give to you. Seek God's kingdom.
and God's righteousness. And everything you need will be yours. And so with God's presence, we give thanks for God's present. Amen. We're going to sing today, uh, together today a uh, wonderful Thanksgiving hymn for the beauty of the earth, number 44. And it's also an invitation for you to, to accept the love of Christ into your heart, if you've never done that before, to accept the present that God offers to you, the present of being in God's presence, of resting your, your life, your here and now, in who God is. And because of that, you have no need to worry about your future or your past. Just be with God. That's a wonderful place to be. And maybe you need to be there today. If you've never made that commitment, we invite you to do that. If you're looking for a church home to be a part of, to join, we invite you to come and unite with our church as we seek to be a part of God's kingdom here in this world. Or maybe maybe you've been struggling with life and maybe something in your past or something that you're worried about in the future and you need to let go of those things and just be in the present where God says, trust me. And you just need to pray. We'll pray with you. If God's dealing in your heart in any way today, we invite you to come as we sing together for the beauty of the earth. Would you come? Let us go from here and always be thankful. Let us have gratitude in our hearts to the Lord. 
Let our life overflow with praise and the God of all love and grace, the giver of every good and perfect gift, will fill our life with happy songs of joy. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.